0: Dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at Mintmobile.com slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than forty gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at Mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Eric, and this is Listen to Sleep. I got the loveliest email from a listener this week, thanking me for reading her request. And I would love to read one for you, too, if you have one. Anything that's short, about 10 pages or less, and in the public domain is fair game for a request. A good place to look is at gutenberg.org. It's pretty much the Internet's home for public domain books and where I find most of the stories for the show. If you have something you'd like to hear, hit me up on Twitter. You can find me at Listen to Sleep there. And you can also email me at Eric, E-R-I-K, at sleep.com. This week, it's part two of the Irish folktale, The Queen of the Many-Colored Bedchamber. Suddenly, a chill wind swept through the bedchamber. The fire in the grate flickered and the candles burned low. The child in the cot stirred and moaned. See that, said Finn in a hoarse whisper, pointing to the fireplace. They turned and looked. It was a long, lean, bony hand reaching down the chimney and groping in the direction of the cot. The fingers were spread out and crooked, all ready to clutch. Slowly, the long arm lengthened and drew near the cot. It was about to snatch the child when Finn darted forward and seized it in an iron grip. There was a violent struggle, for Finn had the arm of the witch in his powerful grasp. He held on so masterfully that the witch in her frantic efforts to draw it away, fell down the chimney, rolled across the fire, struck Finn a terrific blow on the temple with her other hand, and then, falling on top of his unconscious body, lay still, her shoulder torn and bleeding. Grunna and Bakunak quickly ran to Finn's aid, and leaving the witch for dead, quickly withdrew his body and restored him to consciousness. Then, when they turned to see the witch, they found that both she and the child had vanished. They sprang to their feet and roused Kluhas roughly, but he sank to sleep again immediately. What shall we do, they all asked of Finn. Follow, said he, follow where I lead. Gruna, pick up your bow and arrows. Bekunak, not your ladder of cords. Follow me, both of you. Leave Kluas sleeping. He is not in his body. His spirit goes with us, and we cannot do without it. So Gruna gathered up his bow and arrows, and Bekunak his rope, and the three, leaving the body of Kluas like dead wood, went forth to seek the witch. They came to the seashore, loosed their boat, sped across the harbor, and out between the high rocks. Then, guided by the loosed spirit of the sleeping Kluas, they sped forward on the ocean, driven by a freshening breeze. All the while, the spirit light, floating above the waves, led them on. It was some two hours before dawn when they decried in the distance the lighted tower of the witch upon an island. A dull red flame shot out from it, and as it turned forever on itself, this flame lighted the sea around like a revolving wheel, clear and red against the surrounding blackness. Nearer, and nearer they approached it. Then Finn stood up in the boat and chanted magic spells, raising his arms and sinking them again with fingers stretched and his palms downwards. Then with a loud cry, he called for sleep to descend on the vile witch of the revolving tower. Ere yet his cry had died away on the surrounding sea, the red light ceased to revolve. It was still, glaring dully. Then, as the boat touched the beach beneath the tower, Finn commanded Bikunok to throw his knotted cord and noose to the topmost turret. It was soon done. The noose caught and held. And in another moment, Bekunok, like a wild cat of the mountain, was climbing up. Finn and Gruna followed, but the spirit of Kluas, who lay fast asleep in the many-colored bedchamber, guided and directed their every movement. They gained a window of the tower and made their way in. Following the gleam of the dull red light, they went from room to room, and at last came to one where it shone clearly through the cracks of the door, they burst in and stood aghast on the threshold at the sight that met their gaze. There on the floor lay the witch, in a magic sleep, the blood flowing from her shoulder, torn by Finn in the struggle. And there, around her, crying bitterly, were the queen's three children. Finn stooped down and swept his arm round them, and took them aside and comforted them. Then he gathered the youngest to his breast, and directing Grunna and Bakunak to see to the other two, he led the way to the window. In a very short time, they had all climbed down the rope ladder and were speeding away in the boat. But as they left the island, the spell was released the tower, with its wheel of red light, began again to revolve upon the waters, and they heard the witch's shriek of rage as she awoke to the pain of her wound to find her children gone. It came again and again, that shriek of baffled hate and rage and pain. Then, as they looked back, they saw a dark form glide down the walls of the tower like a loathsome thing creeping head downwards. It reached the foot and sped to the seashore. Then it seemed to loose a boat, and in another moment it was speeding in pursuit of them. Faster and faster over the waves it came. Quick, cried Finn to Gruna. Draw your bowstring to your ear. You will not miss. The spirit of the sleeper will guide your shaft. Gruna fitted an arrow to his bowstring and drew it to his ear. Then, as Finn shot forward his outstretched hands, casting a vivid light from his fingertips over the surface of the sea, the arrow sped with a twang and a whiz. A terrible cry came back across the water. The witch, struck to the heart, threw up her arms, and falling from her boat, sank in the sea. Finn put down his hands, and then all was dark, save for a dull red light, which flickered and played above the spot where the witch had sunk. And they sped on. Now they neared the harbor and saw a multitude of people waiting, with torches waving. When they gained the foothold of the land, with the three children in their arms, the people raised a mighty cheer. The queen heard it and hastened to meet them. Great was her joy on receiving her three children at the hands of Finn, and she showered upon him every blessing Entertaining him and his comrades, the three sons of Bors for a whole year. And every year thereafter, lest the deed be forgotten, on the anniversary of the day she sent a boat laden with gold and silver and precious stones, and shields and helmets and chess tables and rich cloaks, And the sons of Borsgalog invited Finn to join them in high festival on that day, for they said such deeds should never be forgotten. And one morning in spring, Finn, son of Cumhail, went into the gardens and orchards about his palace and plucked many twigs from flowers and fruit trees. And with these, he went down to the seashore, Holding them above the waves, he recited a spell, and immediately a boat was formed of the twigs, a trim little craft with sail set. He sprang in and steered his course for the Isle of the Queen of the Many-Colored Bedchamber, and as he sped over the waves, the boat began to bud, and green leaves appeared on the mast, and the spars and stays put out the growth of spring till they shone like emerald in the sun. When he came in sight of the island, the sides of the boat were covered with blossoms. The mast had put out a wealth of petals, and the sail and rigging were covered with flowering vines. Then, as he passed between the high rocks, and entered the harbor, the watchers on the shore saw a boat approaching, splendid with summer flowers, and on its mast were spreading branches dropping down with luscious fruit. Nearer and nearer it came, and when it touched the shore, Finn sprang out, and bade them gather the beautiful flowers and the ripe fruit and take them to their queen. And Queen Briaca valued this present more than any other he could have offered, because the manner of it was beautiful. And Kuas, the sleeper, what reward had he? He claimed none, and none knows what his reward was. Yet it is said that in the land of deep sleep, there are rewards undreamt of by those who wake. Good night.